Welcome to Voices of Resilience, a special series from the Vital Voices podcast, where we're sharing stories of courage, commitment, and perseverance in times of unprecedented crisis. I've been reaching out to the women leaders we work with around the world, really just to check in and see how they're doing and find ways that we can best support them in the wake of COVID-19. But what's been fascinating is that rather than replying with their individual needs, the overwhelming responses I've received from the leaders we work with across 182 countries around the world is that they want to find ways to support others. This instinct for leadership is precisely why for the last 23 years, all of us at Vital Voices have been supporting women on the front lines of change. And I truly believe that it's this kind of leadership that's needed in our world now more than ever. So we wanted to bring these leaders, their voices, ideas, solutions, and this great sense of solidarity they have from around the world to each of you. During this series, we'll talk to leaders across industries and cultures. They'll share with us their insights into how they're dealing with this current global pandemic or how they've navigated turbulent times in the past. We'll talk about how they motivate themselves, their teams, and their communities ways that they stay focused on their larger goal, that driving force, and where they find the strength to carry on. We hope that this special series provides a little bit of inspiration in what might feel like a sea of chaos. So thanks for listening. I'm your host, Elise Nelson. Today, I'm joined by Vital Voices Grow fellow, Takia Ross, the founder and CEO and lead makeup artist at Accessmatized, a makeup artistry company. Takiya is also the founder of Pretty Mobile Baltimore, the first mobile makeup studio in the DC, Maryland and Virginia area. Takiya is not only a successful and ambitious entrepreneur, she's also a passionate advocate and she's recognized um, for her work in assisting other small businesses. And her work has never been more important as the economy grinds to a halt and so many small businesses are feeling um, really burnt in this crisis. Takia, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. How are, how are you doing? How is your family doing? We are well. We are doing very well. Thank you so much for asking. We're hunkering down like everybody else. Um, I'm very fortunate to have a safe home environment, you know, to be surrounded by love and encouragement. And so I am doing very, very well. Thank you. How are you and your family? My family's good. It's chaotic, but good. Yes. We're two little people. <laughs> I can only but it's, but it's good. It's good. We are we are blessed as well. Um, so just to start off with, can you tell me a little bit about um, changes that you've probably had to make to your business in light of COVID-19? Obviously, being a, a makeup artist, uh, that inherently means that you are around people. It is not a business where you can be doing social distancing, at least the way you were operating. How mm-hmm. have you, um, how is it impacting your business? Um, So for beauty professionals like myself, we took a very um, immediate and drastic hit to our revenue um, once COVID um, hit the states and once we started getting the declarations of states of emergency. So for my business, um, I would say about three days after 
um, COVID was announced and the state of emergency was implemented, we saw a 75% decrease in our revenue immediately. So all of our proms, our weddings, um, upcoming events, engagements, everything. And we... um, uh, and we we had to close our doors. So because of the social distancing and because we are non-essential businesses, um, we had to close our doors. We were mandated to close about two and a half weeks ago. So we haven't seen any of our clients um, uh, for about two and a half weeks. And again, we have already seen um, drastic decreases in our revenue through October. Mm. So, so tell me, um, I know that what, what you are doing is really trying to revolutionize the, um, the makeup industry. Can you, can you tell us what you were doing before the crisis hit and then maybe a bit about the reforms or changes that you've, you've been making to your business, uh, to be able to, to make it through? So, um, we, one thing that we were able to do to revolutionize was the implementation of Pretty Mobile Baltimore. And that's the ability to provide services to our clients when a traditional venue is not available. So most of our clients are busy professional women who, um, you know, have, have schedules that require them to start work as early as 4 a.m., you know. And to be up and about, you know, really late in the evening. So we open our doors at 4 a.m. and we don't stop providing services until 11 p.m. So that is a revolutionary thing as most um, service providers have traditional business hours. Tell um, me you have a mobile unit. Explain what that is. So we had uh, we have a 16 passenger vehicle that we gutted out um, and we turned it into a makeup studio on wheels. It's able to hold up to three artists. It has um, you can hold up to nine clients. It has a small dressing room, refreshment station, and Wi-Fi. And so we're Whoa. able to provide yes. <laughs> so we're able to provide services. Um, you know, wherever you would like to have services. So if you think about, you know, you're a busy professional and you're in your office building, but you have a gala, you know, tonight and you don't have time to get home to change and get your makeup done, we could literally pull up outside of your building. You can bring your dress down. You can get your makeup done. You can get dressed. You can get your hair done if you wanted to, and you can be ready to go to your gala. So that was something that our beauties were able to take advantage of because, like I said, most women are busy. (laughs) We are busy. And so we're trying to maximize as much time as we can. Mm, I love it. I love the the, the visual of a a woman holding her dress, you know, walking into your your mobile vehicle and then, you know, walking out an hour later or whatever it might be and just like head to toe. A reformed Don't woman. Know. I love it. I love yes. it. <laughs> That's great. It's amazing. So, so tell me, um, you know, in addition, obviously, to to focusing um, on your own business, I know you've been, as I mentioned, been helping a number of other um, business owners and particularly Black-owned businesses uh, in the Baltimore community, really to navigate this tough time. Can you can you talk a little bit about the work that you're doing and helping the community in Maryland? 
So, yes, thank you. So one of the things that we're doing, we're doing a number of things. One of the things that we're doing is we created a group specifically for um, beauty professionals. It's called the Business of Beauty. And so what we aim to do is educate beauty professionals professionals on the business side of running a beauty business. So making sure that they have the information, the knowledge, the resources to uh, grow their brand. So that's everything from connecting with accountants and CPAs and bankers and lawyers, and of course, access to capital. And so that's one of the things that we're seeing that is challenging, especially during this time, is that before, prior to this, uh, women of color weren't getting what were what point two percent of um, so capital, getting access to capital, whether it be VC funding or loans or you know grants and that sort of thing. Um, I would be really interested in seeing what the number is now. Um, we are not getting the access to the capital and the resources that we need, especially during this time to con- continue our businesses and to keep it viable. Um, So what we've been doing is trying to share as much information as we can about the Small Business Administration programs, the PPP program, the Emergency Economic Injury Grants. Um, In Maryland, we had a grant program come out of Maryland, and we also had a manufacturing program that came out of Maryland that was able to help small businesses access funding. But unfortunately, most small businesses, and I want us to be really clear about small businesses. I'm not just talking about the businesses that meet the definition of small, the 500 or less employees. That's the definition of a small business. I'm talking about the micro enterprises, the ones that have one to six employees or the non-employer businesses, businesses that don't have any employees. These small business owners are, um, they make up 50 million businesses across this country. And a lot of the stimulus packages and a lot of the programs are not addressing them and they are not eligible for them. Mm, mm. So um, obviously the Small Business Administration has rolled out this, uh, this program, the Paycheck Protection Program, um, which is the, you know, forgivable loans as long as they're used uh, really to to keep people on payroll, as well as the economic uh, injury and uh, disaster loan. And there's a a number of other programs. Um, Have you been able to take advantage of any of these government uh, programs uh, to to support small businesses and entrepreneurs during this time? And have you been helping other people to be able to access this information? So um, unfortunately, we have not been able to take advantage of any of the programs. Um, right now, um, we have applied personally for the um, Economic uh, Injury Grant Program, the EIDL program, and many of us received emails um, just this week from the SBA informing us that um, though we were originally eligible um, up to getting up to $10,000, they changed the process as well as how much money you would be able to receive because they wanted to include as many businesses as they could. So now what that program allows is that it requires that you have employees, which was not in the original um, application process, and it's only giving you up to $1,000 per employee. Mm. 
Mm. So um, if you think about businesses like a micro enterprise, and let's say you do happen to have two employees on your payroll, in essence, you're only eligible for $2,000. And let's be honest, that's not enough money to keep anybody on payroll. It's just not. You can't keep your your team on payroll for Um, Mm $1,000. And then if you're a non-employer business, which means that you don't have any employees, and furthermore, if you're a business that in the owner is not on your payroll, so if you have a business owner that does not put themselves on payroll, they are no longer eligible. Wow. Wow. So you started off the conversation talking about really that through October, you've seen this huge uh, just decrease of, of, of your future revenues uh, for yes. the business. Um, obviously, and I can imagine, I mean, weddings are getting canceled, events are being canceled. What have you done to remedy that? I know that you're a very resourceful, creative woman. Um, what kind of ideas have you come up with to just, you know, keep afloat during this time? So um, what I've done and what I've been really um, talking to a lot of other small business owners, I call them my business besties, um, is what we've had to do was one, diversify your revenue stream. So if I'm fortunate to have already began the process of diversification, um, so we offer products. So we had started, we had launched our lipstick, lip gloss, eyelash um, line last year. And because we started doing that earlier, we are able to pivot our business to be product-based solely um, leaving out our service base until we are able to bring that back online. That has been key for us to um, surviving this time. Another thing we've been talking about is drastically cutting your expenses. And that's really, really hard because most businesses are working with a, with limited, we call it fat, right? So we have limited areas where we can cut the fat. So most of us don't have employees that we can, um, you know, lay off, unfortunately. Most of us don't have, you know, as much, um, you know, assets as, as other businesses, you know, so we don't have as much leverage to cut out. So we have to cut, we're literally cutting what we call the meat. So we're cutting into some of our businesses have had to close their doors for good already. You know, they've already had to, you know, close their brick and mortar location or, um, you know, get rid of assets or not move into a location. So, you know, we're really having our business owners take a really hard look at um, where they can cut as many expenses as they can. Um, We're trying to help small business owners go virtual if they can. So if there's something that you offer that you can teach, a lot of service-based businesses are um, unaware of the intellectual property that they contain within themselves and how they can monetize that. So we're working with small business owners to, you know, learn how to write an e-book. Put it in a book and sell your book. Learn how to teach classes on Zoom and Duo. You know, um, activate your network of clients and collaborators and see how you guys can collaborate. So, you know, it's about diversification of your revenue streams, pivoting your business models to include things that you had never thought of. 
really looking at how you can be innovative during this time. One of our business besties, she's a beauty supply. They can't open their store because they're non-essential, but they are able to deliver. So just think about that level of innovation where they said, okay, I'm not able to you know, open the doors, but I can most definitely deliver our products to you. So that's something people can do. So it's about really being creative and working together at this time. Mm, mm. You, you, um, well, yeah, you certainly sound like you've been incredibly creative. And I know you look fabulous today. Thank and, you. <laughs> uh, here I am in my sort of little sweatshirt. <laughs> and uh, when, looking when amazing. Got, oh, why, thank you. When we first You're got welcome. together, mentioned that uh, you uh, you had just come off a, a Zoom tutorial, right? Where you were teaching people how to do uh, makeup for uh, for Zoom conference calls, or was it a Facebook tutorial? Tell it was us Facebook. more about I that. How, how people can find you online if they're interested. So I am online at Accessmatize. So you can find me at Accessmatize on Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter. So I'm live on all of my platforms. Um, most of the time, one to two times a week, I'm live. Um, we post a lot. Like, you know, I try to keep people uplifted, you know, try to keep people motivated and excited. This, though this is a very trying time, this is also a time that we can come out, we can plan and come out better than what we entered this situation in. So this is an opportunity for us to learn and grow. And so I've been encouraging all the beauties that find me on social media to use this time to learn a new skill, to create the thing that they have been putting off for a long time. You know, yeah. to that book, to launch. Mm. This is not the time for you to kind of sulk. And a lot of times, I mean, we have to really be mindful that people, we're not just dealing with an economic and a health crisis. We're also dealing with a mental health crisis. You know, people are scared. People are they don't know. You know, we have people that are battling stress and depression. And so we have to make sure that even on our social media where we're trying to keep business going and, you know, earn a dollar that we're also motivating and keeping people uplifted during this time. Mm-hmm. Wow. You're incredibly inspiring. And one of the things that you said when we first got on the line and I asked you how you were doing and your family was doing, you said something that really struck me. You said, I feel safe and I feel loved. I'm surrounded by love. And as we know, so many um, women and, mm-hmm. and men, children as well, do not feel safe at home. And economic uh, downturn does not help <laughs> that situation. No. exacerbates it, as we know. Mm-hmm. Anxiety exacerbates it. But, but what we also know is that usually in a crisis, there is help right? You can reach out, you can go somewhere, you can be with a friend. With social distancing, with many of these um, organizations that help people who are uh, experiencing uh, domestic violence have a place to turn. But now we are, you know, women are, who are, uh, you know, living with their abusers are forced to stay in the home with them. So that is a recipe for disaster. We've been talking a lot about that on this podcast. And I just wanted to, to get your perspective on that. Um, 
it is um, one of the most terrifying and um, sad um, and, uh, things that we're dealing with, you know, on, on top of all of the other things. Um, what I've been seeing a lot in the business community, um, and I think that this is beautiful, is you see a lot of people saying, listen, if you're home, and I've seen my business besties do it, if you're home and you're not, you know, you don't have food, you know, let, let us know. And you don't have to say, I need food. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, sometimes you can't say that. You know, you can't say outright, like, I'm sitting, my, you know, I'm in an abusive relationship. You know what I mean? My mom is, you know, uh, beating. You can't say that. My dad, you can't say that. And so what we've been trying to do is offer safe spaces for them and an opportunity for them to say that they need help without yelling it to the rooftop. So they've been offering out where it says, listen, if you are in a domestic violence relationship and you need help, all you need to do is send me a message and ask me about our 1B hair product. You know what I mean? And that's like, it's almost like a key that just something else is going on. You know, um, reach out to me and ask me about, you know, something else. And I think that that is the beauty of what is coming out of this. The beauty of it is that people are recognizing that there are issues and challenges that we need to address. And we need to address them now. It's unfortunate that this has to happen in such a pandemic um, type of situation, but we have to be willing to learn from this. This is an opportunity for us to learn and grow and be better. So um, I've seen a lot of that. Um, I'm hopeful that people that are going through that are able to seek some kind of help during this time. Um, I, you, we have to keep people lifted in prayer and keep people encouraged. Um, we have to offer people some level of hope that it will be better, that it can get better. And I think as we continue to move in that, in this direction, that's what we need to do. Well, thank you so much. Um, this is, this has been, I think, really uplifting. And I, I know there's so much that, that obviously you are going through with your business, but thank you so much to, uh, to you for joining us and, and for uh, lending your voice. It's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this special edition of the Vital Voices podcast. We hope that you are doing all you can to keep yourselves, your families, your teams, and your communities safe and healthy. Follow us on social media with at Vital Voices and share ideas of other women leaders who are doing extraordinary things in this time of crisis. You know, I strongly believe that there has never been a more urgent moment to support these leaders on the front lines of change. They are the first responders in times of crisis. And the way that they lead change, it has never been more crucial in our world. So if you'd like to join us and support our work with women leaders, you can donate to Vital Voices on our website at vitalvoices.org, or you can text VITAL, V-I-T-A-L, to 41444. That's VITAL to 41444. Stay safe and remember that we will get through this unsettling time and we'll do it together.